on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Dominic Catronio. You know, despite all of the uh, excitement and energy coming from the game yesterday, sweeping a doubleheader, which no matter your opponent is hard to do, it's all come crashing down after an 8-2 loss tonight against the Cincinnati Reds. Brewers lose the first game of three against Cincinnati as they are limping to that next off day coming up on Monday. They haven't had an off day for the last two and a half weeks. They are playing 18 games in 17 days, and quite frankly, they look like a team that has played 18 games in 17 days, and it's catching up to them. A doubleheader yesterday, the bullpen, You, this game being a blowout, you never really got to see how much the bullpen you know, wasn't really available in this game tonight, but the Brewers got punched in the mouth in the first inning and just shell-shocked them the rest of the game. Five runs in the first, 11 pitches in, it was 3 nothing. It was just one after another. Six straight batters reached to start the game against Jason Alexander as he was still trying to feel out his sinker to start this game. And before he knew it, you looked up and it was 5 nothing. You're not going to win many games doing that. If you want to chime in, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's our AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can text us. You can call us. We'll have your participation on the show. Well, we've got rule changes to cover in this one. We've got the upcoming schedule. We've got scoreboard watching. We've got Vinny Rotino coming up here in a little bit as well. And uh, we're going to dissect a loss that, quite frankly, doesn't deserve the the treatment that we're going to give it, an 8-2 loss. The Brewers, I mean, look, here are the numbers that you got to know. 17 hits allowed to Cincinnati. All eight runs confined within the two innings, the first inning and the ninth inning. The Brewers only had five hits, and they didn't draw a single walk. We know about this team when they fail to draw walks. They are really, really struggling of trying to figure out how to get things going in the right direction when they're not getting base runners. They just, I mean, here's the other crazy stat from this game. The Brewers only had one runner left on base. One! Because of the double plays. And then the home run. There was no sustained offense in this contest. It's one of those that you have to flush as fast as possible because you still can win the series. It's going to be uphill sledding, of course. Adrian Hauser getting the ball tomorrow against old friend Chase Anderson, former Brewer, getting the start for the Reds. And then on Sunday, it'll be Brandon Woodruff against Justin Dunn. And quite frankly, I mean, there's no sense in mincing words at this point. You, you need to win the series. I mean, you're not going to survive with 23 games to go, not winning series against the Reds. Earlier today, the... Phillies won. They defeated the Nationals. They've got a weekend series of the bottom feeders of Major League Baseball. They win 5-3. to three. Right now, scoreboard watching in San Diego. They had a rain delay, by the way. A rain delay in San Diego? Anyway, 3-2 to two, Padres now lead. It was the Dodgers who got on the board in the first inning thanks to a Freddie Freeman homer, but then Trent Grisham hit a three-run shot off Dustin May in the bottom of the second inning. But now the Dodgers have responded with another run from Freddie Freeman, a sack fly from him to make it a one-run game. They're only in the third, so that game will not be over by the time we're done on the air uh, here on Brewers 
extra innings. Getting to the text line here, again, 855-616-1620. One text coming in. It's really disappointing to watch the Brewers play with no heart. I do have one contrarian take on that. Just watch their body language. Woe is me. It's becoming pathetic. They are professional baseball players. They gave up before they came to bat in the first inning. It looks like they'll be watching October baseball, not playing in it. Uh, I want to point out Willie Adamas in the ninth inning. And I know that's just one guy. And I want to point out Willie Adamas in the ninth inning. He's one for three at this point. He hits a broken back grounder to short. It wasn't hit all that hard. He's still running a hard 90. You know, the Brewers, and at this level, you're kind of instructed, don't push it in a meaningless game when you're down 8-2. to two. And especially at this point in the season, don't push it. Don't bring yourself out of it. But you're right about there's a lack of energy. There's no body language. There's no juice. I thought that relay, though, brought a little bit of excitement back into the dugout. That great relay from Tyrone to Willie to the plate. And then you look at the bottom half of the inning, Tyrone hits a two-run homer. There was energy at that point in the ballpark, but hat tip to Nick Lodola, man. Another lefty stonewalling the Brewers. No surprise there. The Brewers are now 22, or excuse me, 23 and 23 against left handed starters this season. That includes the openers from yesterday's doubleheader, though, so keep that in mind. A couple other uh, texts rolling in, uh, a couple of tweets as well at Dom underscore Catronio. Again, D O M underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. This is the least amount of fun I've had during a season for a while. 2017 was more fun, and things only got bad when Nelson got hurt in September. But even then, it wasn't as bad. Look, 2017 was uh, an odd year. And this year, I think the, the expectations are what hurts the most right now for the Brewers. And the start, the 50 games, we could say it over and over again. But that's just not the same team right now. They have not been the same team from those first 50 games. They have not been the team even in the second half. And that includes, of course, the trade deadline. They're under 500 since the trade deadline. It just has been tough to watch as of late for the Brewers and specifically their offense. Again, if you want to participate, 855-616-1620 is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We're going to break things down in just a little bit with Vinny Rotino here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. First pitch to Aquino is a liner over the head of Adamas and into left center field. This is going to roll all the way to the wall. Around second is Solano. He's going to be waved around third. Adamas gets the relay. The throw home is going to be in time. They got him. Oh, what a relay from Adamas in shallow left center. To cut down Solano at the plate, Aquino goes to third on the play, but some tremendous defense from the Brewers to prevent the run. That play, that great play as called by Lane Grindel, looked like it was going to be the spark that they were looking for in this contest, and it was a play that kept the run off the board. In fact, the Reds only scored five in the first and didn't score again until the ninth when the game was really over by that point. Brent Suter had his worst outing of the second half in this one. But that play really loomed large for a while. Of course, the Brewers got two runs in the bottom half of the inning, but still couldn't figure out Nick Lodolo. We're now joined by Vinny Rotino. I'm Dominic Catronio. Vinny Rotino, former Brewer, now analyst on Bally Sports Wisconsin and one of our contributors here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Uh, Nick Lodolo, I think, is the story of this game. As much as people want to 
complaint about the Brewers' offense. At the same time, lefty, again, stonewalling the Brewers. But this wasn't just some nobody lefty. This is a top prospect. This is somebody who's coming into his, his own in the second half. It's the third time in his last five starts he's gone at least seven innings, over 100 pitches. What stuck out to you about the lefty from the Reds tonight? Yeah, so we saw him earlier in the season. The Brewers hit a couple of home runs off of him. But tonight, you know, it, it was just the command of the fastball that was super impressive. I mean, it is a fastball. It's 94-96. So let me just explain how difficult that is from that angle that he's pitching from. So he's if you didn't see the, the game tonight, you're just listening to it. He's pitching from a low three-quarter angle, almost a sidearm angle. And he's a big, tall, lanky, long-levered guy. And that is boring in on righties at 96 miles an hour. So you have to cheat. You have to 100% cheat to get to that fastball. And that's when he's dropping that curveball on you and you saw a bunch of swings and misses over the top of that. This is a guy that the Brewers are going to have to contend with in the division for years to come now and it's not going to be fun for them because this is a guy coming into his own. He's a first round draft pick in 2019. Seventh overall pick. He's a two-time first rounder actually. So there's tremendous talent here. Tremendous arm strength. The, The effortless nature of how he throws as well you know, gives me some, you know, just don't like the fact the Brewers are going to have to face this guy for a while. Yeah, the, the the Reds are certainly loading up for the future as we know right now, but let me tell you a stat that kind of blew my mind when I researched it here a little bit ago. The Brewers are now 28-23, and 23, only five games over five hundred against the Reds, the Cubs, and the Pirates this season. Again, 28-23. and 23. Last year, they were 39-18. and 18. So thus... Uh, you do the math real quick, 21 games over 500. So that's where it all is. And he's still got six more games head-to-head with these Reds, two more this weekend, and four down in Cincinnati. Uh, that's where I'm looking at as far as why the Brewers are not going to make the playoffs this year. And it's 100% the reason, because they were actually below 500 against teams that were playoff contenders last year, like five games mm-hmm. under 500 against those teams. They took care of business against the bad teams in the league last year. And here, Don, we were talking about it off camera a little bit. The difference of the product that's on the field is not that much different, right? Mm-hmm. So they're relying on the home run. Um, they got enough offense where they take early leads, and then they the, the very good starting pitching would hand it over to a, a high-leverage bullpen that included Josh – you know, Josh Hader uh, – sorry, Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, and Josh Hader. It's kind of all switched and changed around for the Brewers – when Josh Hader started to not pitch well, and he's not pitching well in San Diego either. So, you know, not to kind of hang it on that, but it's not that much different of a season. So when you – and again, when you're facing those bad teams with bad pitching, it's easy to take early leads. It's easy to take early leads with a three-run home run that they were able to get last year, not able to do it this year. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line. If you want to participate in the show, you can text us, you can call us, and we are going to go to the caller line right now. We have Jim on the line. I I think Jim wants to vent a little bit with us here, Vinny. Jim, uh, you're on Brewers Extra Innings. Hop on. Hello. Hi there, Jim. You're on Brewers Extra Innings. by the way. Okay, how are you? Hi, how it's you Vince, by the way. How you doing? Okay, We're great. here's my vent. We got two, two batting coaches, a DH. We can't beat second division teams, okay? And this team, I, I'm, I'm saying management from top to bottom, from Antonasio, for the choices they made, not trying to find a – we don't have a 300 hitter in our team. We don't have a, Most a, teams a, don't. an RBI guy. I'm sorry? 
most teams don't have a three hundred hitter these days. But go ahead. I meant didn't want to. Yeah, but you. we should. I don't care about most teams. I'm talking about our Brewers. You know, we're not going to get in the playoffs this year. Uh, anybody thinks that they're dreaming, and if we do, we're just one and done. We shouldn't be in this position. And I, something's going on with management. You're right. They don't have no heart. You guys are the experts. What's wrong with the team? Awesome. Well, thanks for the comments there, Vince. We appreciate your input. It, it does feel like since the trade deadline, things have been odd uh, all over the place. And I'm not just saying that there's one singular thing. What I look back to is when the Josh Hader trade went down, the day before the trade deadline, the expectation was, okay, there's more coming. And when more didn't arrive, I think everyone was kind of caught looking around like, well, wait a minute, what's going on here? And then Mark Adonacio's comments uh, to the media about this was not a cost-cutting move. I support David 100%. Uh, there was some kind of back-and-forth war of words, if you will. Craig Council has stayed mum about all of it. He's always level-headed, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. And right now it's ugly. Uh, from the management side of things, there's... I mean, there's when you lose, there's blame to be spread everywhere, right? I mean, you can say the hitting hasn't been good enough. You can say the middle relief hasn't been good enough. You can say the starting pitching hasn't been I mean, when you lose, it feels like everything's crashing in on you, and it's hard to sig- single out a single reason why the Brewers are suddenly losing in the way they have been losing. Yeah, no, I mean, when, so they've been losing – Best start in franchise history for the first 50 games. Talk about that a million times. Then they've been bad since then. and they've So that's been a long time, right? They, they've played how many games since then? Almost 100 games, and they're they're well under 500 in that time span. They shouldn't be. I'm, I, I mean, I think we're all with, with Vince, and we're all with him in that frustration. And I agree with you, Dom. It just, it just feels like the chemistry, the mojo, whatever you want to call it, is just a little bit off right now. I don't know if they can get it back. That's the thing. It's, it's too too close to the end of the season. Um, I, can you sneak into the playoffs without that mojo, without those that winning feeling, um, without that team? You know, kind of gelling together. Maybe if the if the uh, Padres just really tank, maybe you can sneak in at some point. I don't know. I, I, there is something missing. Um, hopefully they can get it back, but it, there's there's time. Time is certainly running out, Dom. Yeah, it's. I mean, 23 games to go. It's now or never. They got to figure things out as far as moving forward. And just to finish the thought on the 300 hitter thing, uh, there are only 14 hitters that are over 300 right now. Only 12 teams have a 300 hitter. That's becoming rarer and rarer in today's baseball. Maybe we can get into the rule changes a little bit with you in the next segment as well. So there's some stuff that maybe could lead to more 300 hitters. They don't grow on trees anymore. It's not 1982 and everybody's hitting off AstroTurf with concrete underneath it, okay? It's a different game these days. Anyway, we're going to move on. we got more to come here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Rios gets his lead from first. And the first pitch to Tyrone, a high fly ball, deep center field. Back on it is Senzel bye-bye baseball. Taylor drives it out of here on a fastball at 95, and it's a fight at 5-2 ball game. There was a highlight from this game, Vinny. (laughs) Tyrone Taylor hitting a two-run homer. Uh, A moonshot, really. 108 miles an hour off the bat, 435 feet, clanged off the scoreboard in straightaway center. But the only runs of the night for the Brew Crew. They fall 8-2 to to the Reds. They're 73-66 now, are the Brewers. 
The Reds are 56 and 80. We're still with Vinny Rotino for another segment. I'm Dominic Catronio. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. A few folks asking about Craig Council's job. We're going to get to that a little bit later in this segment. Uh, I have some pretty strong thoughts on that. But we do have a caller on the line right now who wants to join in. Steve from Chicago. I think he was really inspired by Vince's rant, and he wants to join in on the party. Uh, Steve, you're live on Brewers X Rennings. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I got four points that I wrote down here because I am at my wit's end with this team. The hater trade. What's the record since then? The Stearns, Atanasio, over-apologetic newspaper, whatever they did about uh, sustaining the fan base, blah, blah, blah. We're never going back to whatever we had before. I texted my friend after that hater trade, three words, dumb, dumb, and dumb. Because fourth point is chemistry 101. That wrecked the chemistry of this team. I don't care what anybody says. I've been watching this team for 45 years. That was dumb. Thanks for your time. I'm going to listen to you after I hang up. Have a good night. Thanks. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Thanks for joining in here, Steve. So, the record, they're now 16-21 and 21 since the trade deadline, since the trade of Josh Hader. Five games under five hundred is never going to cut it these days. When you're expected to not only win your division or at least be competitive in your division, but make the playoffs and have a chance to play for a pennant. But it goes back further than that. Since the 1st of June, when they went on that eight-game losing streak, the Brewers are a sub-500 team. They're five, or excuse me, six games under 500 since June 1st. So it, it goes beyond just that trade deadline move. And I think Steve, though, is right about the chemistry. And we saw it firsthand in that clubhouse. It took a little while for the Brewers to adjust with the absence of Josh Hader. And they're adults. They're professionals. They have moved on, I believe, from now. But there was a tangible thing that something was off in that clubhouse for about two weeks after that trade deadline happened. Has you ever been a part of a, a team or a clubhouse that has a major player traded that maybe you weren't expecting or, or something like that happens? Yeah, I mean, no, I haven't. I haven't been part of anything like this. And this is a first for a lot of a lot of people, I think. And that's what is so kind of, you know, it just takes you back a little bit. Like, okay, this team was, there's a little bit of a shell shock situation after that trade. I think the team was probably trying to kind of get the feel for it and, and, and kind of see how it all played out and what the team chemistry was going to look like after that. And usually what you thought was going to happen is going to take about a week to do that. And then the, I, I felt like this team was kind of over that and we all were over that and moved on. And then they started losing. So like winning will cure all that, you know, but they just they just couldn't get over that hump of actually winning baseball games to put it behind them. And it just kind of snowballed on them, I think. Got to get out of it somehow. <laughs> Don't know how. 23 games left, running out of time. Something's got to happen. Winning a doubleheader, that can get you back in the winning right. ways. And they and then and then lose to the Reds 8-2. to two. So that's what's been kind of happening, Dom. And uh, if they would have won tonight, I think you would have built some momentum. And that snowball gets bigger, more momentum, and then you kind of roll that into the playoffs. This was a big loss. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, big, fat, ugly L in the column. Got to come back tomorrow and win. Got to come back Sunday and win again. Not sure. I'm not sure if that's going to happen at this point. Right. Uh, and for the folks who on the text line eight five five six one six one six twenty, who have asked about the status of Craig Council's job security, it's fine. Yeah. It's it's fine. This is not on him. If you want to say it's his lineup and his bullpen decisions, the hand he's been dealt has not been great. 
uh, with post-trade deadline injuries. With, I mean, think about the hand that was dealt to him with Omar Narvaez getting hurt the day after they DFA Pedro Severino. Uh, you look at the Brewers and their offensive injuries in the first half of the season. You look at some of the starters now that are out for the Brewers. It has been one of those years that the Brewers, we kind of forget how healthy they were all of last season, especially in the pitching ranks, right? Corbin Burns, he had he missed two weeks with COVID, but he didn't have any arm issues like we're seeing now with, with Lauer, like we've seen with Freddie Peralta's shoulder. We didn't see any issues for Brandon Woodruff last year. Peralta's shoulder flared up at the end of last season, but he came back strong into the playoffs. The Brewers have a lot going on. That is not Craig Council's fault. And for the folks who think Craig Council li- writes a lineup card, uh, it's not a one-man decision. There's a lot of voices in that room that help decide what a lineup card is on any given night. Yeah, and at the end of the day, here's what you got to look at with how good of a job Craig Council is doing, actually. Like, with all that going on and with, with all this kind of losing, and we can even, it's palpable, we can even see that the team chemistry is a little bit off, yet, you know, he does a great job of, of, of trying to spin it in a positive way, mm-hmm. not not be, you know, all sunshine and butterflies and stuff like that. He's not that kind of guy. He's going to be realistic. He's going to hold these guys accountable. But he's also just what good managers do is they just tweak a little bit the narrative that's going on inside the clubhouse and the media. They just are able to tweak it a little bit. It's realistic, but yet a little bit of a positive spin on it just to nudge the team in that direction. He's a master at that. He's trying like heck to do that again right now. Um, we'll see if he can get that going again. Yeah, he, he's urgently optimistic yet realistic right. of like, look, he's not asking for anything this team can't do right. because we've seen them do it coming in the first 50 games, coming out of the All-Star break. It's just a matter of trying to figure something else out. Well, Vinny, we're going to let you go. For the callers still on the line, Tom and Luke, we will get to you here in just a second. Vinny, uh, look, it's easy to say it. you got to win the next two. It's that mm-hmm. simple. You have to win the next two games, right? Well, look who's coming into town. you got the Reds staring in front of it, right here through these next two games, but then who's coming into town? you got the Yankees, Mets, and Cardinals, so you have to win these next two. Got to win these two. Vinny, thanks for joining. As always, we'll be with you all weekend uh, here on Brewers Extra Innings. More to come on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Brewers fall 8-2 to two tonight, and, wow, the phone line has really been jumping off tonight. I mean, everyone loves a pity party, right? <laughs> As the Brewers try to rebound, they're going to try to win a series Saturday and Sunday. First pitch tomorrow is scheduled for 6-15. Our coverage will begin uh, at 5 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken, with Brewers warm-up with yours truly. I'm Dominic Catronio. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And we're going to go there now. Tom in Waukesha. You have some thoughts. I think I hear, I hear you're going to be a little more optimistic than our last two callers. Oh, gosh, Dominic. Yes, I am. You can be an optimist, a pessimist, a realist. I'm always the optimist. And Council is outstanding. Stearns is great. We're not the Yankees. We're not the Dodgers. We're not going to always be there. We're still in it. We're doing fine. I mean, not fine, but we're doing okay. <laughs> Let's keep the faith. Let's not go firing everybody. And if it if it doesn't happen this year, get guys healthy, get a couple more bats. We'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Tom, 100%, because it, it suddenly feels like, thank you for the call as well, Tom, it suddenly feels like the last four years of postseason berths 
have gone by the wayside. And 2020 feels weird. That's fine if you want to exclude 2020. 2020 was an odd year. Making the playoffs sub-500. Uh, there was a whole lot of weird stuff that year. But, you know, one game away from the World Series in 2018 against a payroll that was literally double your payroll. Uh, against 2019, you were a bad bounce, weird play from having that game be tied and being a, a funky, weird, maybe extra inning thriller against the Nationals, who, of course, end up going on to win the title. Uh, and then last season, Freddie Freeman left on left, Josh Hader, what more can you say? The, it was a battle of, of titans of our sport, and the Brewers lost the game in Game 4. They were you know, a few outs away from trying to force a Game 5 back here in Milwaukee. When it comes to... Council and Stearns, I know it feels like everything's falling apart right now. But, again, the injuries and excuses aren't everything. They have absolutely underperformed to what we thought they would be performing at this point in the season. But there is some goodwill built. You can't ignore what they have built to this point because, let's be honest, too, they're going to try to be creative in the offseason, see what they're going to trade for. But you also have to remember they do have a decent farm system going right now. Uh, you look at the core. Adamas is set to be back. Renfro is set to be back. Woodruff, Burns, Williams, Peralta, Ashby, all of those guys are set to be back. Lauer is set to be back. Uh, you'll have the young guns of Sal Freelich, Este Uri Ruiz, Garrett Mitchell, Joey Weimer knocking on the door. Uh, you have Rowdy Telez due back. You have Victor Caratini due back. So there's a lot to like about what's coming, and you have maybe the number one prospect in all of baseball, Jackson Churio, waiting to rise through the system next season. So there is good stuff happening for the Brew Crew right now. I want to keep that in mind as well. 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talking Text Line. Let's go back to the calls. Luke from Milwaukee, not as optimistic as Tom in Waukesha, but Luke, uh, you have some thoughts about the front office. Yeah, unfortunately, not as optimistic. Thanks for taking my call, by the way. Um, Yeah, my opinion on this season is that uh, Stearns sold us out with the hater trade with not getting any offense or any pitching that's going to help us win now. And so I'm of the same opinion that we should just kind of throw, you know, kind of wash this season. Um, I don't see anything in returns from Hader, that trade that's going to help us win now. Um, So in my opinion, if we somehow limp into the playoffs, it's going to be reminiscent of the Packers getting to the NFC championship against the 49ers a couple years ago, where we just don't have any business being there. Um, And one, one, Unrelated point, uh, I have absolute faith in Craig Council as a manager. Um, I don't think anyone should be questioning his managerial ability. Yeah, I agree with that last statement, absolutely. Thanks for the call, Luke. Uh, When it comes to Stearns and the decision with Josh Hader, uh, you're right, the infamous quote of take as many bites out of the apple, they felt that this would be helping them take bites out of the apple, And one thing we have to remember about that trade, and this is, I believe, was by design to be done the day before the trade deadline to to send a signal that the Brewers were not done, whether they were acquiring or dealing. And from what I have heard from sources in the front office and what their plan was, 
they were close on a couple of hitters, and things just didn't line up. You have to be realistic, too, with the hitter market this year. It was an atrocious hitter market as far as what teams were asking for and what was actually available. Virtually every hitter was going to be a rental uh, for what the Brewers needed. The majority of them were left-handed, and the Brewers did not need another left-handed swing-and-miss type bat. The Brewers found themselves trying to find a way to make a deal done, and with the way they have to operate, as far as, like we just said, the top guys in AAA, the Weemers of the world, the Churios of the world, some of the pitchers available down there as well, acquiring more isn't going to be a bad thing. And then the, you know, the cynic in me says, well, prospects are cool, Dom, but championships are cooler. It's a fine line to walk. It's a hard line to walk. It's not a job that I envy in the slightest. That is one heck of a role to have for David Stearns, Matt Arnold, and company here in the front office in Milwaukee. But they did their best, and quite frankly, maybe they were left at the altar in a, a couple of those trades that they were trying to make for offense, and things would look a whole lot different. But at this point, there's nothing you can do to change it. See you at the winter meetings, and maybe there'll be more coming this December of the Brewers trying to upgrade their team. Uh, we got a few more breaks to hit here. I don't want to go too long into the night. I really do appreciate everyone's participation here on the show. Uh, Nate in Libertyville also agreed with our last caller, Tom. Council is a great manager. The story of 2022 is the decision of ownership and front office to not upgrade the offense, which I'm sure they attempted to do, and then the injuries to the starting rotation. That's going to be a thing that I think... Down the road, we're going to remember, oh, Freddie Peralta was hurt from the majority of the year. Oh, Aaron Ashby got hurt from the majority of the year. He was asked to be a starter when he should have been the swing man. Uh, Adrian Hauser was hurt from the majority of the year. And you can say what you want about his performance this season. He was a really big part of the Brewers last season and what he was able to do as a sinker baller. Brandon Woodruff missed over a month. There are plenty of obstacles the Brewers had to overcome that, quite frankly, they did not. Uh, A long text here as well. Uh, a season ticket holder committed to 81 games. Appreciate it. Stearns wants to take bites out of the apple every year. The players and fans want the whole bushel of apples, and he bit into a sour one since the trade deadline, which killed the team's chemistry. I really like your imagery here, by the way. Some veteran players have alluded to this in interviews. I'm over the Brewers season. Thank God the Packers start this weekend. We may have a top 10 Badger football team. But does have a baseball question. Why do teams use the shift to swap the third baseman and shortstop when they have two strikes on the hitter? Uh, That's a thought that they're going to be selling out for the pole, given that they're going to probably be getting a breaking ball. They're going to be ahead of that pitch and trying to uh, feed it into the right side. And it also gives a chance for the third baseman maybe to show off his range on a ball up the middle. He's got a better arm, of course, than a second baseman. Every team does it a little bit different, and we can talk about shifts a little bit later on in the show. We're running out of time, though. we got a lot to get to still. we got to hear from Craig Council. Well, there are a couple of highlights to replay as well. Thank you for everyone's participation here tonight. 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. More to come on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Brewers fall 8-2 tonight to the Cincinnati Reds, but it's just game one of the series. They can still take the next two and try to make progress toward the end of the season with just 23 games to go. Now, a quick note. Does your workplace deserve to let loose and have a party thrown by WTMJ? Maybe the Brewers Clubhouse needs that right now. Register your office on the contest page at WTMJ.com from September 12th to September 16th. So it's right around the corner. 
and tell us why your team deserves to win and we'll throw your office a party including four dozen cream puffs from the Wisconsin State Fair. What more could you ask for? Go to WTMJ.com to register. Again, WTMJ.com to register for a workplace office party thrown by us. Maybe we'll throw one for the Brewers Clubhouse right now. Maybe the cream puffs is the secret to some more offense. But the Brewers fall 8-2. to Let's check in with the manager speaking to the media earlier tonight. Yeah, well, we did for sure. Um, you know, he, he ended up getting us into the sixth, and that that mattered. But, you know, five runs on the board, you know, that that probably mattered more. You got that double play. Sorry, Sophia. You got that double play ball. Obviously, that was big. The run still scored, but was was he in any danger of maybe not even finishing the first? Or were you? No, we, I mean we, we were going to have to stick with Jason tonight. Yeah. Just regardless, yeah. right? Yeah. I was going to ask, just with um, with how he pitches, um, you know, he needs to pitch to contact. Is he one of those guys that can sometimes fall in the trap of being uh, too in and stuff? Well, I mean, I think. I think pitchers like Jason, you know, there's a difference between the, the ground ball going through the whole ground balls getting through and then and then the line drives and the damage he gave up. So um, th- this was an example of it to me, like just not the, the quality of the pitch wasn't good enough. I and mean, I think he, he's got to get the ball in on righties. He's got to get the ball down. Um, he's he's got to have the slider um, kind of neutralize players cheating on the fastball um and that's what gets hitters off balance and you know no matter who you are pitches in the middle of the plate are going to get hit and, and you know early in the game it was you know, not not every pitch but um you know a lot of the, a lot of the hard contact was more middle is obviously one of the good young pitchers um but kind of took it to another level tonight. What did you see from him? What was he doing that was so? Well, it's he's just doing what he's good at. I mean, he's got a very, very good fastball, um, and it, you know, he, he located well tonight for sure. Um, but it's a, it's a very good fastball from a low release, and it's it just jumps on you and it makes you, you know, you, it's hard to sit in between because that fastball is so good. It was a really good day by Nick Lodolo. 11 strikeouts, 8 strong innings, only allowing the two-run homer by Tyrone Taylor in this contest. Uh, that was the manager, Craig Council, after the Brewers' 8-2 to loss tonight. Uh, there are a couple highlights that we're going to relive here coming up in our next segment here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ready for this? This Get up! and this Get out of here, time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. In an eight to two loss, there are still a few highlights to go over in this one. Some good, some bad, and quite frankly, it started out fast. In the first inning, T.J. Friedel in the box against Jason Alexander on just the second pitch of the game. And the two-strike delivery hit in the air into right center and very deep, and this one is gone for Cincinnati and T.J. Friedel. It is nothing Reds. The Hall of Famer Bob Uecker on the call. I beg your pardon. It was the third pitch of the game, but the first career leadoff homer for T.J. Friedel. That was just the tip of the iceberg. 
each of the first six batters in the inning would reach a triple, a single, a hit batter, a single, a walk, before finally a double play. That also played a run, brought Jose Barrero to the plate, somebody who was hitting just 143 coming into this game. Alexander, here it is, lined in the center, a big base hit for Barrero. Another run scores for Cincinnati. It's 5-0 Reds. In the blink of an eye, they had total control of the game. Again, Bob Euchre on the call. But now we fast forward to a positive note for the Brewers. We go to the top of the third inning. A leadoff, or a one-out single by Donovan Solano. He's on first base. And Aristides Aquino would line a double in the left center field. And over at third base, T.J. House thought, hey, let's get aggressive. Up 5-0. Let's try to score a run on Willie Adamas' arm. That was the wrong call. First pitch to Aquino is a liner over the head of Adamas and into left center field. This is going to roll all the way to the wall. Around second is Solano. He's going to be waved around third. Adamas gets the relay. The throw home is going to be in time. They got him. Oh, what a relay from Adamas in shallow left center. To cut down Solano at the plate, Aquino goes to third on the play. But some tremendous defense from the Brewers to prevent the run. Taylor to Adamas to Caratini. Adamas' final relay throw was 90 miles an hour, according to StatCast, which isn't even his hardest throw of the season. A tremendous arm at short for the Brewers. And that finally put some life into the ballpark. And they carried that into the bottom half of the inning with the bottom of the order in Tyrone Taylor. Urias gets his lead from first, and the first pitch to Tyrone, a high fly ball, deep center field. Back on it is Senzel, bye-bye baseball. Taylor drives it out of here on a fastball at 95, and it's a fight at five to two ball game. The Brewers certainly suddenly felt like they were in it, thanks to Tyrone Taylor ringing the bell. Remember, you don't have to wait until Christmas time to ring the bell and put money in the Salvation Army Red Kettle. Donate now at samilwaukee.org. However, all of that life was evaporated after that homer and really after the fourth inning against Nick Lodolo. He would face the minimum for the final four innings of work for himself, working eight strong frames, collecting a career-high 11 strikeouts, earning the win for Cincinnati. In the ninth, the Reds would add a few more runs off of Brent Suter and end up with the final of 8-2 to two tonight. The Brewers were out-hit dramatically in this one, 17-5. But they try to rebound tomorrow. Game 2's first pitch at 6-15, and they'll have right-hander Adrian Hauser on the mound against old friend Chase Anderson for the Reds. We'll wrap things up on Brewers Extra Innings after this on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. All right, it's a loss for the Brewers. We've talked about that plenty tonight. This is Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Dominic Catronio. We'll be recapping tomorrow's game as well. First pitch scheduled for 6-15. Our coverage will begin with the on-deck show at 5.40, and I'll be on for extra innings. And then Sunday's coverage begins at noon with the Brewers' warm-up show, uh, and then the on-deck show taking over at 12.35 before first pitch at 1.10, which we will then lead into 
from Brewers extra innings into pack attack with Homer and Gabe after uh, the Packers' first game of the season coming up on Sunday as well. So we got you covered here for everything Milwaukee sports, Wisconsin sports for that matter, here on WTMJ this weekend. We didn't really have a lot of time to break down the rule changes that were announced today since we had so many callers and loved the participation tonight. But just wanted to give a quick uh, synopsis on those rule changes. So the big one, of course, no shifts uh, coming to baseball in 2023. All four infielders must have their feet on the dirt, and you cannot have more than two infielders on either side of second base at the start of the pitch. So that's some interesting news. There will be a pitch clock as well. 15 seconds when nobody is on base. The batter must be in the box by 10 seconds. The catcher must be ready by 8 seconds. And then when there's a runner on base, it's a 20-second clock. Uh, If either one is, you can use your imagination, obviously. If the pitcher is too slow, it's a ball. If the batter is too slow, it's a strike. That's been already tested out this year in AAA to rave reviews. Also, they'll have larger bases coming next season with uh, 18-inch bases, so adding 3 inches to the base. It's still going to be 90 feet to the back of the bag like it is right now, just a larger base for more surface area for everybody to navigate their traffic. And also an interesting rule when it comes to pickoffs in relation to the pitch clock rule that you are only allowed to have two disengagements as a pitcher uh, during a single plate appearance, meaning if you make two pickoffs and you don't get them on the third, that's a balk. So even if it includes stepping off and just taking a look, that counts as a disengagement. So there's going to be plenty of time to break down these rules. They don't go into effect until the 2023 season. So some pretty big news earlier today for Major League Baseball. That's going to do it for today's episode of Brewers Extra Innings. I'm going to pick the high road and the optimist road. It doesn't look great right now, but the Dodgers are leading the Padres right now, or now they're tied up 4-4, to so anything can happen for the Brew Crew. For Justin Pottinger in our studios, I'm Dominic Catronio. Until next time, keep on swinging.